One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to episode two of Inside Luton Town. In this episode, we're going to find out more about the club today and what Luton might look like in the years to come. You're going to hear from people who've been at the heart of Luton's success, including Gary Sweet, Rob Edwards and Mick Harford. If you haven't listened to episode one yet, scroll down in your podcast app and give it a listen first. I'm Kate Mason, and this is Inside Luton Town, episode two, The Return. Saturday, May 27th, 2023, Wembley. Luton Town are playing Coventry City in the Championship Playoff Final. Luton started the game strongly and scored inside 25 minutes. It was pretty apt that, that Jordan Clark was, was the player who scored Luton's goal at Wembley. Ben Fisher was there for the Guardian. Just again, kind of embodies the Luton story, I suppose. You know, signed on a free transfer from Accrington Stanley. Signed it really as a winger, converted to a central midfielder by, by Nathan Jones, and he sort of convinced him that you know he, that would be a good move for him. That he, could, he could adapt to that role. And I know he rocked up to the first day of pre-season training this summer um, with a with a T-shirt with a teletext print of, of his uh, of the score at Wembley and obviously featuring his goal. But Coventry hit back and, in the end, the Hatters are grateful to make it to extra time. It's a stalemate. 
And so, what is often called the world's most expensive football match must be decided by the cruelest method. Michael Oliver blows his whistle and this season could not go any further for Luton Town and Coventry City than it has done because their 49th game of the season in the league is going all the way to a penalty shootout to decide who will be playing Premier League football next season. Gary Sweet, who was there that famous night in the Bricklayers' arms in 2003, is in the stands, now as Luton Town's CEO. You know, my first emotion, because the night before, there were a few of us, um, a couple of coaches, a couple of directors, a few, few people just talking about the way we didn't want the game to end. <laughs> and it ended like we didn't want it to end. Um, and because we were saying that, you know, talking about it being the richest game in football and the responsibility that the 22 players had and the staff, you know, that that burden, that weight of, of real uh, real responsibility, it, it, it became quite stark within 24 hours of kickoff. And all of a sudden you're thinking, you know, this is really serious. This is really big. This is... You know, what if we lose? What if we win? What if you're the person that misses that penalty? So my first reaction when 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 Paul called the other, even when he missed that, it was was just poor kid. You know, like I I, I think that's wrong. I think that lasted for about three seconds, though, and and, and then there was there was actually a an overwhelming of, of sheer joy, which also lasted for about three seconds until there was an overwhelming feeling of fear. Twenty years on from Luton's manager idol, fifteen years on from starting League Two on minus thirty points. Nine years on from when John Still hauled Luton Town out of the Conference Premier. Luton Town are in the Premier League. The I saw it, I didn't believe it, I was in utter shock, right? And I turned around to Andy and I just looked at him. And when I realised it's true, I just cried like little babies. Honestly, <laughs> blood. Like full-grown men just hugging each other. Like. My little, my little grandson Loon in particular was in tears, and it kind of like just summed it up for me. You know, a nine-year-old in tears at a, at a football match because he never thought it'd happen. And my, and my son Cameron, who's 31, was also in tears. We can talk about how tribalistic the game is. We talk about all the problems that follow the game most of the time. I think something when moments like that happen, they're the reasons why you why you love football. I can't tell you what I was feeling. The ecstasy there was up there with some of the biggest moments I've ever had watching Luton Town. This result changes our club. Yeah, massive. Um, I'm not going to say whether I did or not, but I might have had a tear. Sitting in the stands too were Mick Harford and John Still. 
there were definitely tears up there. My eyes were a little bit damp. Yeah, they, they were, to be honest. What made it worse, I was sitting big next to Big Mick and uh, <laughs> and we was cuddling each other. And I think Mick had a little wetness there and I, I think it, it rubbed off. You know what? It, it's like, although I'm not at the club now, it was like journey complete. Do you know what I mean? This is this journey is, is complete now. And now it's another journey. This was what they'd always set out to do. Um, the the Luton 2020 had set out to, to try and achieve what they've achieved. And it was mission accomplished. And now there's another mission. So, a week and a half away from the start of the Premier League season, what can we expect from the division's debutants? Eyebrows were raised when last month they requested the postponement of their first home game against Burnley on August 19th. Are Luton Town ready for this, their next journey, or has it come too soon? We've been riding a tidal wave without a surfboard and, and it is literally like that. We knew it was going to happen, we didn't know what. And even to this day, you know, we don't quite know what's around the corner. Something's going to happen tomorrow that was not like expected. Ask anyone how this Luton Town team play and you'll get quite the range of responses. First, from the journalists. Aggressive. In your face, but hyphenated. Uncomfortable. I would say uncomfortable. And then from our Luton fans. Luton is way attractive. Expansive. I'm going to say perfect. And I'm going to say perfect for this reason. Because we play to our strengths. That's why it's perfect. Luton Town began last season under Nathan Jones. You'll know him for his, well, unconventional press conferences as Southampton manager. Then I came back to Luton, we were a real aggressive front-footed side. Statistically, there weren't many better than me around Europe in terms for aggression. But he'd given Luton a distinct, reliable style of play. They were ultimately built on really solid foundations and they did really well to play in the percentages. That's Justin. I spoke to him and Ryan, hosts of the championship podcast Second Tier. They played a 3-5-2 pretty much throughout Nathan Jones's tenure. They did flick between a, a 4-4-2 narrow diamond as well if you're going to get really into the tactical side of things. But it was a heavy emphasis on the wing backs um, and that's where most of the supply came from. Across two three-year stints, Jones first took Luton from the bottom of League Two to the top of League One and then steered them to safety in the Championship before eventually breaking into the playoffs. Jones and Luton were improving year on year. So when Jones left in November with Luton 10th in the table and just a point outside the top six, it was seen as a big loss. But actually, Luton are so well run, so... Um set up to absorb these kind of departures, I suppose, that actually it didn't make any difference. They, they dealt with it seamlessly. And if anything, they, they actually got a lot better. In his place arrived Rob Edwards. I know Luton and the board said, you know, they, they were really struck by him as a character and his values. Um, he was very well liked at Forest Green Rovers, where he did an incredible job on promotion in his first season there and well, his only season there. He's got this kind of polished professional sheen, but he's very amenable, very... Very easy to talk to. He spent time in the England FA age group setups, a bit like Steve Cooper, who we've seen do so well at Nottingham Forest. Rob had begun the season as manager of Luton's arch rivals Watford, but 
of course, he was sacked by the Pozzos after 10 games. It turned out to be the best thing they could have done for Rob and for Luton. And suddenly... Luton were just this machine. They, it didn't feel like Rob Edwards changed a whole lot. And that was exactly it. Rob Edwards didn't change much. I spoke to him for the drop-in back in May and asked him about the challenge of building on Nathan Jones' good work in mid-season. And I think that was the biggest thing, Kate. It was not, it was not to come in and change too much. It was uh, recognising all the good work that's gone on, mm. that the lads have done, the staff, Nathan, obviously... And, and then trying to continue that and, and then evolve and grow as we, as we go. Not, not a case of just changing you know, straight away. In Rob's 25 league games in charge, they conceded the fewest goals in the division and picked up 50 points to finish comfortably in third. After a 1-0 victory at Bramall Lane in March, it looked as though Luton might even catch Sheffield United. But a couple of costly draws towards the end of the season put pay to their hopes of an automatic spot. With small improvements and excellent man management, Rob was getting even more out of the players, particularly up front. They were scoring more goals per game. They conceded fewer goals per game. Everything was just a step above what it was before. Rob's light touch and managerial style could only have worked with Luton's already excellent recruitment. So you've got Tom Lockyer, who kind of is Mr Luton Town. The squad is crammed with big characters. You've got players like uh, Alan Campbell, who's really industrious, such a good ball winner, times his runs perfectly, likes to kick opposition as well. Carlton Morris, is a he was a bagsman in the championship last season. Scored 20 goals, picked up from a team that was relegated in, in Barnsley. Elijah Adebayo picked up from Walsall, almost a perfect strike partner. Again, he hit double figures for Luton. I really like Jordan Clark. Played a little bit more as an orchestrator under Rob Edwards. There's plenty of players there who kind of all fit the same mantra of work hard, but also be really, really smart on the ball. And then you've got the biggest character of them all. Kenilworth Road itself. It's an old school stadium in the best possible way. The front row is just a few metres from the touchline. The back row, not many metres more. And the noise when the crowd are up for it is pretty wild. It's hard to sort of say on a, on a match day and when, the, when it's full and when the crowd are with it. It doesn't feel like 10,000 people. It feels like there's 50 in there uh, when it's rocking. Um, and, and they're all with us and that's, that's hard to do um, it's a special, special place My first ever uh, introduction to Calvert Road was when I played for Newcastle it was a brilliant experience I mean the Oak Road end was packed that's where the young fans used to be the place was full and we went down there and we won 1-0 believe it or not and I actually scored uh, it was a real, real scruffy goal and I did think to myself when I was walking in, into the stadium for the first time, I went, wow, this is, this is very, very intimidating. And it was and the fans have been ever since, ever since I've been associated with the football club. The fans have been that one thing which, which have never left the football club and always been behind the team and have been a constant. If you want a game in Luton's recent history that best sums up the Kenny's irresistible electricity... It's the playoff semi-final against Sunderland. Luton had lost the first leg 2-1 at the Stadium of Light. 
Rob Edwards had called on the fans to bring the noise. I think the atmosphere was amazing for the Watford game. We can almost use that as a little model and if we can, again, notch it up a little bit more again, I think that would be what I, what I would like. And my God, they did. In the second leg, Canada throw was just this fortress and it just became apparently clear that the Sunderland players had kind of crumbled under the pressure of being in this close atmosphere where the fans are basically in your face and the Luton players were also in your face as well. As soon as that game got to about 10, 20 minutes in, you thought Luton are going through here. There's only one winner and that's only because Luton properly embraced being Luton Town. There's just so many characters that embody the Luton story, really. It's this ability to recruit and find the gems, and it's those decisions at the club that's essentially allowed them to, to carry on developing. I think Pelly Rudick and Panzu, I think, epitomises that philosophy, picking him up while they're in non-league, and he's he's essentially carried on through with Luton throughout the leagues. It's, it's an incredible story, an incredible achievement. More on that part of the story after the break. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This episode of the Football Ramble is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life throws many different challenges at us, and as a result, we all have our own sources of stress. Whether big or small, those stresses can impact our lives in unpredictable ways, and if we don't address them, they can have an outsized and unwanted impact. Therapy is a safe place in which we can address these issues, learn to understand them, and find ways to work through them. Having therapy can be beneficial to anybody, not just people who've experienced major traumas, even if you may have not considered it before. It could be simply a time for you to get things off your chest, a way to learn positive coping skills or how to set boundaries. Ultimately, it can be whatever you need it to be. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire and BetterHelp will match you to a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com forward slash ramble. If you don't know the name Pelly Ruddock Mpanzu yet, 
then get to know it. Having signed for Luton way back in January 2014, when they were in the conference premiere, he has become the first ever player to come up from the non-league tiers of English football to the Premier League with the same club. Pelly's like the heartbeat of the football club, you know, both on the pitch and off the pitch. I'm lucky enough to visit the training ground a few times to interview players and things, and it's always him like keeping the atmosphere high, the positivity. When Pelly joined Luton under John Still, initially on loan, he was just 19 years old. He'd made his first team debut for West Ham United in October at centre half. I was at Pelly's first game at Staines in the FA Trophy, going back to 2013, and there was this there was this bloke. He's you know he's middle build, sort of playing centre half, and never looked like a centre half in a month of Sundays. John Still was a West Ham fan. He'd known about Pelly for a while, and he saw a different position for him. I've done my homework on him. He was ambitious. Very ambitious. He wanted to, to do well. Uh, he was a hard worker. But I wanted a midfield that could run, that could play, but could get around the pitch and uh, be athletic. I, I had, uh, had a boy called Matt Robinson. I also had a boy called Cameron McGeehan that I had took on loan at first. And when you think that those three were 19 years old, that was my midfield. It didn't worry me about experience because they could run, they could play football, they were energetic, they were powerful. I just felt that with Pelly, if he could come to a club where he knew he was going to play for, as opposed to playing under-21s football, that he would grow. And I think the proof of the pudding is in the eating because he grew and grew and grew and grew. In his first two seasons in League Two, once Luton were promoted, Pelly's game time was hampered by injuries. In typical Luton style, of course, nothing is ever easy. But in 2018-19, he played every single game in League One, and he hasn't looked back. At the start of July, Pelly Radakampanzu signed a new contract to extend his stay at Luton into the Premier League. Look, this guy, I'll be honest, I was the first saying, lower down the leagues, I was a bit like, oh, I'm not sure if he's going to get any better, is he going to progress us? But if, honestly, yes, the God's honest truth, I'm sure Dave will mock me in a minute as well. I'm not going to mock you. <laughs> and, uh, but no, look, it's, um, I think when he hit the championship, this guy improved, didn't he? Every single, like, I don't know, six, eight months, you were seeing, like, obviously in the season, you were seeing him get progressively better. A couple of setbacks, obviously injuries and whatever else. It's like, is he going to go next season? Is he going to stay? Mm. One of those ones. And he, he, he did stay. And I'll tell you what, I've, I've seen the best version of Pelly Rudd last season. Amazing. Pelly's played a massive part in, in the rise of Luton Town Football Club. He's been amazing. He's a, he's a magnificent person. He's been unbelievably uh, adaptive to every league we've gone into. He's adapted to the leagues and I'm sure he'll adapt to the Premier League. Absolutely wonderful personality in the dressing room. And... Uh, we, we really need him. We're going to need him this season. We're going to need him a lot. Pelly isn't the only player to journey with Luton through the leagues. Dan Potts, Luke Berry and James Shea have all been with the club since the League Two days. Luton Town is a place that inspires loyalty and that loyalty has carried them so far. The club has paid it back this summer. There hasn't been a Nottingham Forest-style revamp. So, are Luton ready? Let out. 
Even on that sunny day in May at Wembley, Luton Town Chief Executive Gary Sweet was already thinking about the enormity of the task in front of him. We knew we had to do an awful lot at the stadium. We knew we had to do an awful lot in terms of, of staffing, maybe relocating offices. We knew we were going to have a big transfer window, but there's an awful lot you don't know. You can't plan for what you don't know. And that was the slight fear that we had or I had. As soon as you put Luton's achievement into context, you can understand where Gary's coming from. Luton's squad cost in accounting terms is, was about five million. Um, if you compare that to the top clubs in the Premier League, the, the difference is, I mean, it's less of a difference, more an abyss. Manchester City, their squad cost was 1.1 billion. And, you know, even other clubs are a lot higher than Luton. So, so Watford, when they were last, last in the top flight, their squad value was about 150 million. This is Kieran O'Connor. You might know him from Twitter and his blog, The Swiss Ramble. It is genuinely an homage to the football ramble, which has been one of my favourite podcast for many a year. It also plays to the fact that when I write a blog, it's fairly long-winded, so I I ramble on. And then I just jammed in Swiss, because I live in Switzerland, hence the Swiss ramble. And, and, you know, obviously, um, given I now write exclusively about football finance, it's not maybe the best description, but um, unlike Elon Musk, I, I think I'll stick with the brand. He's written about football finances for almost 15 years now and extensively about lots of newly promoted Premier League clubs in that time. In in almost all cases, championship clubs tend to lose a lot of money as they look to uh, get promotion to the Premier League, the the so-called promised land. It's a... It's a case of speculate to accumulate, if if you will. Take the Premier League's newbies last season. Fulham, Nottingham Forest and Bournemouth. The three of those lost around £50 million each in their promotion seasons. And that's a lot of money by anyone's standards. Um, That's absolutely not the case with Luton. Um, They also lost money, but it was only £6 in 22, which was actually one of the better financial performances in the championship. Um, It's likely that their results for last season when they were promoted will look a bit worse um, because what clubs tend to do is have fairly chunky promotion bonuses. Luton's figures will almost certainly look worse last year but you know as a rule they're they're much better than other championship clubs. Um, This Luton are a club that are run very sustainably. Luton's wage bill tells the same story. £18 million, that's £1.8 million, in 2021-22, compared with Fulham's £90 million and Bournemouth and Forest's £60 million. Parachute payments paid to clubs across the three seasons after they're relegated from the Premier League to soften the blow hasn't helped clubs like Luton. They have already been defying the odds. But the scale this season will be on a completely different level entirely. If you look at the Premier League, the club with the lowest wage bill last year was Brentford. Um, but even that was 68 million. So that's 50 million more than Luton's 18. And they are going to have to spend money on players, both in terms of transfers 
uh, and wages if, if, if they have a realistic chance of competing. Some clubs have tried to do it on the cheap, um, I think of Cardiff City, but they, they almost inevitably just go straight back down. And, and, and I, mean, this, I think this is a key point because people talk about the massive revenue increase, and it is massive, from the Championship to the Premier League. Um, but there is a price to pay as well. So, you know, if you look at the bottom line, they don't, you don't just see all of that revenue go up, you see the cost go up as well. So on a net basis, it's definitely better, but may, maybe not quite as good as some people might imagine. That has been quite literally the case with Kenilworth Road. £10 million has had to be invested in it to bring it up to Premier League requirements and to install a new media gantry. What is the what is the status of the stadium? How how is that looking? How many days out now? It's brilliant. It's an absolute wreck. Um, <laughs> it looks like a total mess. I mean, we, we we had some Premier League people here yesterday who wanted to at the training ground. They wanted to go and have a look at it. And not only were we not really able because it's not really our site at them. It's a building site. It's it's. So we couldn't take them, but I think it's probably a good idea because I think they'd stand there looking at it thinking, this isn't going to be ready, but we're ahead of schedule and it will be ready, you know, and, and we're actually ahead of schedule for, for, for the original Burnley fixture. Luton Town's season, fittingly for this old storied club, begins next Saturday at 3pm where they'll play Brighton. The two clubs have drawn lots of comparisons as two financial underdogs, But really, Luton have made this journey with far smaller resources. No one's going to be thinking about that next Saturday, though. Do you know what? Yeah, I really can't wait. You know, when you experience what we've experienced over the last 20 years, and obviously I've been a little bit closer than some fans, but the story is well known. You know, you've lived, whether you've been part of it or you've just been a fan on the outskirts of it, you know all about it. You know how special our football club has become because of what we've been through. And to go and play a game of Premier League football having agreed to this thing in the first place and never actually been a part of it it's just going to be the best day ever I mean Wembley will take some topping I don't think it'll get there but it won't be far away But and I cannot wait but there's, there's 38 games that I just cannot wait for now 38 points 40 points is the only thing that comes in my head you know can we get can we get 10, 10 or 11 wins at home and get a few draws and a couple of wins away and just maintain our position because it's great that we're having this fairy tale story right now of a season, uh, but I don't want it to be a season in the Premier League. So I want to look beyond that. Have a look, good look at the gardens and commit whatever you want to say about them, I don't care. Get into a tight stadium, which is the seesaw right up on your shins, I don't care. Uh, you might get your view obstructed by a few pylons, but I tell you what, you won't get a better atmosphere in that than anywhere else in, the, in this country. I think they will bloody a few noses, as it were, in the, in the Premier League, so uh, let, let's hope we can see it happen. We can't help having a stadium that's 118 years old yeah, and, and progressing rather too quickly, um, and we've been able to build a new one, incidentally, which is obviously on the cards. We've just progressed more quickly on the pitch than we have off it. And, and so here we are in a situation where um, we're not going to we're not going to say no. We won't take that promotion just yet. We're not ready with our state, our brand new stadium. We're going to take it with both hands. Also, what we're going to do is to is to turn Kenilworth Road into something that actually uh, is is a bit of beauty to behold. So we just ask everybody to to, to give it the old girl some respect. You know, we've just put our last dress on. She's going to look lovely in it. Whatever happens, the next eight months 
perhaps more than any months in the club's entire 138-year history, are going to simply transform Luton Town Football Club forever. The finances are a part of that. Their revenue will rocket up to £125 million. And, and to put that into perspective, that single season, £125 million will be more than probably around their last 15 years combined. I mean, that's not the whole story, of course, because if, they, if the worst comes to the worst and they're relegated immediately, then Luton, in turn, would benefit from those parachute payments. If you only survive one season in the Premier League, you get two years of parachutes. Year one's about 44 million, year two, 36 million. So that's 80 million added on top. If they do manage to survive a year, then they get an additional third year, which is worth 16 million, so 96 million. If they, if they manage to survive a year, then their revenue uplift is probably about 330 million. I mean, it, it really is life-changing for, for a club like Luton Town. Soon, Luton will leave Kenilworth Road and move to their shinier, bigger ground at Power Court, construction for which will be underway by the end of the year. Luton have the opportunity to finally leave behind the days of John Gurney, the riots of the 80s and the 40-point deductions once and for all and write a new history that might start with its fan base, one that still isn't fully representative of the town. I, I hope that it's, it's something that's going to be long-lasting. It's going mem- to be a memory that will enable more young young South Asians and more uh, ethnic diverse communities in the town in particular to maybe um, look at buying a Luton shirt instead of buying a, uh, like I've been guilty of uh, in the past, buying a, uh, or maybe an Arsenal shirt instead. So, like, it, it is one of those where you think, right, OK, then now that the club's there, um, how can you maintain that community base? How can you maintain um, the support that we've got now? But more importantly, how can you maintain the momentum? Do you get a sense of the history that you're making right now? The fact that what's going on here with Luton Town Football Club is is transforming the landscape, possibly of the town, forever. We've been completely um, aware of, of that from probably 15 years ago when we became custodians at, at every single level. Um, we we absolutely recognise the Premier League. This is this is the uh, in some ways the ultimate level, or is it? There are we actually think we're still in the middle of a journey. We're not at the end of one. So uh, we've had a lot of. I know we're doing a little bit of a, a documentary style piece in this, but we've had an awful lot of requests for documentaries, um, but we've refused them. You know, and because we don't want to tell the story yet. The story's not not ending. You know, like we, 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 we've got a lot of progress to make. Mick Harford, you know, he, he said Luton's story would be fit for a film. And then he, he said maybe Brad Pitt could, could play him. Maybe that's a bit of a stretch. But so what? For now, whether you're a Lutonian or not, let's just enjoy the ride. After all, whether you're crammed in at the oak end or taking it all in through your TV, this Luton Town team and Kenilworth Road will be something special to behold. There's a balance there, there's a plan. And there's been a plan for a long time. And I think that's really, really important. Um, and then what we do have then is a real spirit, a togetherness, um, a grit, a real determination, a hunger, 
all of those words, we've got it, the players have got it and you can see it in their eyes when you're talking to them, you can see that they want this and they want to keep improving and even from a selfish point of view, from a footballer's point of view, from a player, even if they don't get there with Luton, it's like, well, I want to get there though. And if we can help one or two achieve it, even if we don't, then great, because our next bit of recruitment will hopefully be very good as well. But there's a, yeah, there's, it's all of those things. It seems like at the moment everyone's fighting for the same thing. A message I could send out to the Luton Town fans is please don't be nervous, be excited, enjoy the ride, enjoy the challenge. Uh, we're going to give it a right go. Uh, Rob and his staff have, have done absolutely brilliant jobs since they came in and uh, we're so proud of him and we're so happy that he's our manager and uh, we're just so looking forward to the, to, the, uh, to the journey and it's a journey we should all enjoy and, and uh, embrace it and, and give it a real go and we, we'll, uh, we'll hopefully surprise a few teams and I'm sure we will. You have been listening to Inside Luton Town, presented by me, Kate Mason. The producer is Finn Ranson. Sound design is by Tom Wally. Thanks again to the Luton Town Supporters Trust, the Oh When The Town podcast, and everyone at Luton Town Football Club for speaking with us. And a special thanks to the wonderful Mick Harford, who was so helpful for the show. He was diagnosed with prostate cancer in 2020, and in partnership with the club, He's been raising awareness ever since. I'm in a good place. My numbers are really good. Uh, I've got to wait till December. So hopefully in December I'll come off the medication and we'll see where we are. Just want to say thanks to everyone who sent me a message and thanks for all the support I've had. And uh, if I could just send a message out on this platform to, to all you guys out there, uh, make sure you go and get tested if you have any symptoms. It's, it'll help you in the long run. The quicker you get diagnosed or get tested, the, the, the lot easier it will be for you to recover if you, if you have prostate cancer. So make sure you get tested. For more information and to find out how to get tested, visit prostatecanceruk.org. Thanks so much for listening. The Football Ramble is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? 
They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 